0: is Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Um it feels like I haven't recorded in a long time, but that's just because last week, um our episode was technically an old episode. So um yeah, it's nice to be back to, um, doing these the day before they go out in true Elizabeth fashion. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about, um, how you can be your own version of a spiritual bitch and how that doesn't have to look like anything in particular. Um, this is something that I've sort of grappled with over the years. Um, and you know, like everything it's been an evolving, practice it's been an evolving like it looks a lot different now than it did in the beginning and that's true I think for almost anything that um you know we dive into as just as humans right we can't know more than what we know at the current time you know what I mean so um it's normal to like go into something um and just knowing like the surface level things or you know latching on to, um, practitioners that maybe aren't, um, the most ethical or the best because we, we can't, we don't know yet, right? Like we can't really see, um, we don't know what to look for. Like we have a lot of blind spots and especially for those of us who do hold, um, a lot of privilege, I think it's a lot easier to get sort of sucked into a belief system or, um, just into, you know, ideologies that might not be the most beneficial when you zoom out and really take a look. Right. Um, because I know for sure, like when I first was doing this, it was just a lot of, um, without intention, of course, at least on my end, like believing in spiritual bypassing, essentially of like anything can be fixed with the right mindset um anything can be fixed with like the right spiritual practice like meditation or um journaling or hypnosis or just like believing in high vibe shit will make you high vibe like you know everything's like destined like the things that you everything's coming to you that you put that you ask for essentially and i just there's a lot of harmful there, there's that's a harmful narrative, in my opinion, a lot of that stuff, especially when it's coming from someone, um, who has never had to worry about the things that a lot of other people have to worry about. Right. And that's what I mean when I talk, talk about privilege and, um, it's, it's a similar conversation to, you know, anti-racism, social justice, like, um, just civil rights, human rights, all the things, right? Because it's hard to put yourself in a position that you just simply don't understand fully because you don't have the lived experience, right? So for me, it took having a more nuanced lived experience to kind of open up that part of my mind to think beyond what I was being taught or what I was reading about or what I was looking at and people that I listening to, right? Um, essentially, I really diversified my um, my feed because, you know, being online is where we consume a lot of our information right now. Um, so I diversified my feed. I started looking to, um, you know, people of color, um, indigenous um, practitioners, like people who had a different viewpoint. Um, based on their lived experiences and their and their generations before them of lived experiences, right? Because mainstream spirituality has been pretty much taken over by white people, which is just the way of the world, right? Like that is that's colonization for you, like in a nutshell. And so once I kind of became more aware of this, um, you know, it's hard to once your eyes are open. Um, it's, you can't really close them again. I mean, I can't. So, um, it did change how I viewed things, how I practiced, who I was giving my money to, who I was learning from the communities that I was in. And a lot of this sparked, um, there were a couple different things that happened, right? So, um, I We'll go over, let me just give you a little synopsis, right? Because I like to have know what's coming um, instead of just a bunch of blabbing where you're like, mm, what are we gonna be talking about today? So essentially like what even is a spiritual practice? We'll talk about that. Um, we'll kind of go over my journey over the last few years, um, mostly since like, I think I started this whole awakening journey in like 2018, I wanna say 2018, 2019, somewhere in there. Um, But it really shifted um, in 2021, I would say. Um, 2020? When did COVID happen? (laughs) Oh my God. Was it 2020 or 2021? I don't remember. I think it was 2020. Um, Anyway, it doesn't matter. The year doesn't matter. Um, COVID times really changed things for me personally. And and I can go into that a little bit too. Um, And just like how um how i was able to build like the few things that i believe are the kind of the foundational pieces to sort of building your own practice and like figuring out how to do it in an ethical way and in a way that's like not harming yourself or your community essentially right um so well, basically um we'll go back to, you know, what even is a spiritual practice, right? So for me, having a spiritual practice is something that looking back on my life, I feel like I've always had, I just never knew because it wasn't super intentional. So for me, like if we're looking, we'll just say like, you know, we're looking at my birth chart, my sun and my rising, and um, I think my Mars, one of my personal planets. I'll go over, I'll do a podcast episode on like what all that shit means too. Um, it, they're all in the 12th house, which essentially is like the witch house, right? It's like mysticism. It's the farthest house, like away from the self. So it's like more community based. Um, It's like, I talk about, you know, being in the in-between sometimes Um, where it's like, I'm not quite rooted in reality here on earth, but like, I'm not in like the spirit world, essentially, it's kind of like right in the middle. And that's where I feel like my, a lot of creativity, a lot of ideas, a lot of like um, communication can happen in that space. And I I think it's because I have so many personal placements in the 12th house, because that is kind of like the house of mysticism, right? So um, I know for me personally, and I'm a Pisces moon and Pisces moon is basically just like total witch vibes you know <laughs> um and uh you know because pisces is the 12th sign of the zodiac they're like way they're the we're way out there and um which is like farther away from the self from the identity from like the one person so it's more community-based it's more like um thinking in a bigger scope um it's a way it's like closer to that ethereal mystical realm and so Um, if you know Pisces and they're kind of like, not always here on earth, that is why. Um, but so for me, like having a spiritual practice was essentially honoring the things that I already knew about myself, that I already felt very deeply that like, none of it was a surprise when I started, you know, even just doing like journaling exercises, like, um, building out an altar, having some rituals in my life, like looking to the earth, getting Reiki done. It was like, everything just kind of started coming together. And it felt like me, my, myself as a whole just became more whole. It, things just made more sense. My thoughts made more sense. Like um, my intuition strengthened. I was able to um, make decisions easier because I was much more tapped in to my thought process, to my body, to what, um, you know, my, my team, <laughs> my, my uh, spirit team was trying to tell me and things like that. So for me, building a spiritual practice was essentially reconnecting to this in-between side of myself, the spiritual side of myself. And it's a little bit different for everybody, right? Um, It depends on who you are, what your goals are, what your interests are, um, what you have going on. Uh, For me, because I also have chronic illness, I have chronic pain, I have mental illness. Like there's a lot going on in my body um, that can distract me from being tapped in, from being connected, from, um, you know, having the ability to tap into my thoughts in a way that. It's still not linear. I was going to say linear. That's really not the right word. But um, I figured out a way to cultivate and work with my own brain and it's funny little patterns, right? Um, so, you know, spirituality looks different for everybody. Some people are spiritual because they're it's coming from like more of a religious place. Like they believe in a higher power. They want to be able to connect that to that power. Like it's their version of church or like God or, you know, spirit, whatever. Ever. um for me personally, that's not at least right now that's not really um that's not it for me. like i I'm my own God. um and, you know, that's when I kind of quote pray, which isn't really praying, but it, I guess you could say like when I meditate or when I like sit with myself and try to open myself up to um, you know, a download coming in to my intuition, guiding me to trying to connect with my ancestors, things like that, that is church for me, right? And so it's totally different for everybody. And part of building a practice is figuring out why you want to do it in the first place, like what you're trying to connect to, what is the the driving force, you know, behind um, your belief system, right? I did grow up in church, I know the Bible. I know, I mean, I was an altar server. Uh The first year it was ever available to girls, my mom signed me up and like I was there. I would, I think you have to do a certain number a week or something like that. Cause I would do one or two, um, like 5.00 AM masses. And then I would do one or two on the weekends, like regular, like regular mass. And, um, you know, I went to I went to CCD, I went to catechism, which is like, it's it's like Sunday school, but it's not on Sundays because you were not allowed to miss church. No, no, no. So it was on like, you know, some weekday evening and we would go practice our prayers and whatever, whatever. So like, I understand church and I understand organized religion in that sense. Right. Um, and it just was never for me. I was the kid raising my hand all the time being like, you know i don't understand this or how did that happen or because there's no explanations it's like no this is just it this is it you don't question it this is this is these are the rules this is how it goes this is the story and um you know even my mom who was the one who took us to church she was the catholic one the religious one um you know would tell us that the bible was just made up of a lot of nice stories that a bunch of old guys wrote down so it's okay if we didn't believe them all um which is funny because it's like, you know, she just did, I think she was just doing what she always did, which was go to church and do the things. Um, but I mean, now she doesn't go because she thinks it's all a bunch of like hypocrisy. Um, especially uh, anyway, I'm getting off topic kind of, but anyway, um, you know, and this is not to bash organized religion. If that's your thing and that it is what is good for you, then great. I am happy for you in that regard. It's just not what works for me. It's I see a lot of um, similarities between organized religion and mainstream spirituality. So, um, anyway, back to topics at hand. Here is figuring out what's your motivation, what's your driving force behind wanting to build in a spiritual practice. Like, um, for me, also, I've always like, I'm, I'm not forest fairy. Okay, I'm not like, I'm gonna go frolic and like forage. Well, I mean, I may forage for mushrooms one day. Like, that actually does sound cool. So well, pretend like I didn't say that. But I'm not, like, going to go – I don't wish I lived in the woods in a cottage with the fairies. That's not me. Um, You know, I'm more, like – I feel like I'm more of a witchy. Um, I want to, like, howl at the moon with my coven and, like – have a cauldron bubbling with delicious um, potions. And I want to create things with my hands and I want to have my, you know, my animal familiar following me around every day. And, um, you know, my personal style is definitely more um, like bad bitch. That's why this podcast episode is ba- bad, bitch, good witch, or good witch, bad bitch, whatever. Um, because there is this you know, I, like I said, I'm not a forest fairy and I don't think I ever will be. I love the forest. I love nature, but I'm not going to frolic in a gauzy gown and like, you know, dance in the dew. That's just not me. (laughs) And, um, but I love that that's a thing, right? Like I love that that is for other people. It's just not my thing. Um, and it took me, a few years to like, just be okay with that, which is funny because I've never been that. And I didn't necessarily try to be that, but it made me feel like I couldn't really talk about being spiritual because it didn't look how it does for most people in the mainstream spiritual world. Right. I mean, I wear my crop tops. I wear my hoops. I wear my platforms. I curse a lot. I listen to hip hop and R&B. I like to twerk and dirty dance. I like to do all these things, right? That like, I don't know, isn't always what people align with spirituality, but you know what? It doesn't matter because I align it with my own spirituality. So, you know, the second piece to this little puzzle is like, who am I at my core? What? do I love to do what are the things that make me me and then allowing those things to kind of shine through and be at the forefront um and then using you know your spiritual practice to just deepen into your authentic self and that's for me like reading birth charts and getting into astrology has been really helpful because i've personally used it as like a tool to getting to know myself better Right. And like, and, and just for self-acceptance, I mean, looking at these things in my chart, like I'm a double cancer, I'm a triple water sign. Like I'm a cancer sun, Pisces moon, cancer rising. And so they say that like your rising sign is who you present yourself to be like to the world. And so for a lot of people, they might say like, I'm a, you know, I'm a Leo sun, but I don't feel like a Leo. Like every time I read a horoscope or like someone tells me about a yeah, that's just not who I am, and so my thought is always like, well, I wonder what your moon and rising are because that plays a major role. And for me, of course, my rising is the same as my sun because, of course, like I am just myself through and through, right? Um, that's not to say I've never shifted or molded into certain things to feel more comfortable or, or safer or whatever in certain situations, um, but you know, I I am someone who is pretty much perceived exactly how I am in, in truth. Right. So, um, having the same sun and same rising sign has allowed me to deepen into like, okay, yeah, I am kind of, I am a cancer at my core, you know? I mean, I don't relate to everything that I see about cancers. Like, um, I am not just a sad girl. I am not like, but that also comes from my other personal placements. Right um and so deepening into self um oh my gosh not actualization what is the word i'm looking for um my brain does this ooh sometimes and um yeah just self acceptance right like getting to know myself and um and i think that that is it it's fun right when i'm looking when we look at ourselves through the lens of curiosity as opposed to the lens of like shame or I'm doing X, Y, and Z wrong and I want to f- change that or fix that. When we're not trying to fix ourselves, a lot more magic comes through, right? We realize so much more and we see so much more and we we love so much more about ourselves. And for me, that was a big piece of my spiritual practice that I was missing in the beginning. Because in the beginning it was like, I want to be good. I want to be like, I want to, I want to think the way that these people think that are telling me how to to think. Um, It's almost like almost anything you can turn into like an MLM type mindset or like, you know, where it's like these people are telling us like, this is the way to be. This is the way to think. This is the way you should be doing da, 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 da. And then we take that as like total truth. Right. And then we start regurgitating it. And then we get other people to think and believe the way we've been taught to think. And it's just this whole like ripple chain reaction. And um, you know, whereas typically the person at the top of that chain or whatever, they don't know what your lived experience is. And that's where I come back to like the whitewashing of of mainstream spirituality is that like a lot of, you know, this is essentially colonization at its core, is like a group of people coming in and basically telling the indigenous people that they're whatever they are. Wrong, dumb, savagey, whatever savagey. That's not even a word. Um, but you know they, they because they don't do things in the quote right way, which for a long time was organized religion, right? And so then they whitewash, they make every they make everybody do it their way, and then years and years later they turn around and they start um, utilizing or or taking some of their the indigenous practices and turning them into a white person practice. Like, oh, um, like yoga is a great example of this, right? Like, I mean, it wasn't until fancy white people started doing it, that it became normalized and in mainstream culture in the U S at least. Right. Um, and so to be aware of who you're learning from and whether or not they talk about where they learned it from, right. Um, giving credit where credit is due is huge. And just realizing that a lot of spiritual practices do come from another culture that we don't necessarily know about. So honoring that and going, if you can, going to the source, right? Like finding someone in a community with an indigenous background, with that lived experience, whether it's their lived experience or their ancestors' lived experience that's been passed down through generations, like for me, that is where I'm going to find the good shit. That's where I'm going to find the magic. That's who I want to learn from. Because at the end of the day, I want my practice to be as ethical and like human first as possible. And that's how I go about most things in my life is like this human first approach, right? And community driven approach. A lot of times in mainstream, like Western spirituality, we hear a lot of like focusing on the self, taking care of the self. And although that is obviously very important, we do need to take care of ourselves, um, so that we can show up for our communities, but that's the difference, right? It's like, there's not a lot of, they talk about collective, the collective, like, um, you know, if you do this, the collective will be better. Or the collective consciousness will rise, whatever, da da da. But like, Everyone's so disconnected from the collective and probably from themselves, honestly, um, because healing does happen in community. I I know that to be a fact. So I want to do this in community. You know, like there are times, there are plenty of times where I do my own spiritual practices on my own, um, especially when I was trying to figure out what it really meant for me and like honoring my, my own needs and like who I am as a person. Um, there were a lot of times where I had to kind of like sift through, um, what I knew and what I had learned on my own to know what was going to be taken into my practice and what was going to be left behind and excuse me, I'm getting the hiccups. Oh no. So I do, you know, I think it's important to spend time with yourself, getting to know yourself reconnecting with your body and things like that. I don't think we always need to be learning from people or like in group programs and things like that. I think that's where things can get really messy. So do take the time to be with yourself and figure this out for yourself but also just take a look at you know who are my mentors like who am I looking to like what does my feed look like if it's just a bunch of white people talking about the same shit over and over maybe it's time to diversify you know what I mean like I highly recommend it that's where you're gonna find the real shit like the real bitches they don't be on the mainstream media pages they just don't you know um so you know because of this, um, I don't know enlightenment. I don't know when I when I realized this. Part, partially, it was it was two, twofold. I started getting really sick, and no amount of mindset work or vitamins <laughs> or moon water was helping me feel better. Um, so you know, it wasn't until I got diagnosed with the things right ADHD the anxiety, the depression, um, did I realize like, oh shit, like I need, I need medical help. I need help. i this this is bigger than mindsetting setting it away. And and then I realized why I had felt so miserable for so long before that, because I was doing everything. I was spending all of my time every day fighting myself, essentially, um, not but because i thought i needed to just be better at mindset work i needed to journal a little bit more i needed to like practice i needed to meditate i needed to do these things uh, um and i was bad because i wasn't doing enough to help myself when in actuality i had a brain chemical imbalance that no amount of meditating was going to necessarily quote fix right and i'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm not saying that, like, you have to go get on medication. I'm saying that you have to know what you need. You do have to be open to needing the things that you need. And I was so closed off to trying medication. Like, I was like, no, 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 I'm not a medicine girly. I'm an all natural girly. Like, I cannot. That is not, nope. The answer is no. Like, it, no. And so, um, finally, though, I was so miserable. And after I had like, I closed my coaching business, like I changed, I just was like, so burnt out, um, and, and not doing well. Like I was not doing well and I knew something had to change. And so, you know, I talked to my husband about it, like, um, and after, you know, it took a couple, it took a little bit because it takes me a while to like pick up the phone and call the doctor and schedule the things, do the things. It's a lot, you know, um, for me. Personally, some people, it's not a lot. And that's because you probably have a neurotypical brain, whereas I have a neurodivergent brain. Um, and, and, you know, once I was able to get that support and I went on, um, Lexapro, which is an antidepressant, anti-anxiety medication. Let me tell you something. I was a brand new fucking bitch. Holy shit. I was just like, I couldn't believe I'm going to, start crying. I could not believe how miserable I was allowing myself to be, you know? And then it was like I had to stop that shame spiral from happening. So, you know, it's a lot and it's okay and that my spiritual practice took a backseat at that time because I really had to focus on my health and and how I was going to be a human in this world because for a while there, I wasn't sure that was going to be a thing. Um you know, and and then I also was diagnosed with my autoimmune condition. This was before the mental health things, but um, you know, having an autoimmune condition, being in chronic pain, it it really compounds mental illness. Like it's it's a really hard combination to live with. Um, and so I allowed myself to just rest. I allowed myself to be with friends and be with people um, in person, in community, in person, right? And that honestly saved me. It it helped me so much. And so now I have a really strong foundation for the things that I need. I feel like I can sense when the scales are starting to tip, right? So when they're starting to tip, I know that I need nourishment. I know that I need in-person community. I know that I need more um not necessarily more socializing, but I that's when I need, you know, my family more. I schedule things with my sister more. I I call friends. Um, I talk with my husband. I just like make, prioritize the things that I know I need. I take baths all the time, every day, pretty much. I, I, I read, um, I, you know, I do get back to my spiritual practice, but in a way that's very, it's like spirituality light, you know, I come down, I turn on a song, like I light, um, an incense, um, you know, I, or I do like, um, a moon ritual or something that feels good and fun that just makes my spirit feel happy. Right. Um, Because things can feel really heavy and um, you know, so, so that happened and then that compounded with um, you know, everything that happened in 2021 with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and like, you know, the um, racial injustice and social injustice when all that kind of popped off again, okay. It's not the first time, unfortunately. Um, it really that also gave me a glimpse into when things like this happen. I look to, we all look to the leaders in our communities and in our spaces. And I found so many spiritual leaders silent or speaking somehow on the opposite end of like, just still really bypassing, bypassing or, or the the best is you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. You know, I'm out here doing the most. And I'm like, why wouldn't you want to say that though? Like, why wouldn't you want to tell people that you have this massive following and it doesn't make sense to me. And so many things stop making sense to me that that, that was a huge part of how I realized how I wanted to do spirituality, that I didn't want to do it like these other people. I, I am not a silent person, period. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not comfortable being silent. I don't want to be silenced. I I hold a lot of privilege and I will always do my best to use that in a way to help people who do not hold that same identity as me. And, you know, my sister, she's a lesbian, been for a long time. And, um, you know, I remember when Prop 8, we were, this was so like a long time ago. This was 2000, what was it, 2008. Um, And that was when I really saw the impact of something like that on someone else. You know, I'm straight, I think- it's questionable these days. Um, I'm not so sure, but I have always been straight, cis, hetero, all the things. Um, so I don't know what that life is like. My sister has never been that. And she grew up in a town that was small and kind of cowboyish. And like, mm, she really had to be very comfortable and confident in order to walk around holding hands with her girlfriends. And she she did, but that's scary. And when Prop 8 was going on and I saw I was affecting her, that's when I realized I, am going to cry again. I don't want that to be her burden to bear also on top of having to live her life as herself. So I will always be someone that will vocalize for her so she doesn't have to. Um, and that's kind of how I see, you know, all the things in that regard, social justice, human rights, um, anti-racism, all those things, because why would I be silent? I, that's a privilege to be silent, to pretend like something's not happening because it doesn't affect me personally, but it does affect me personally because when I see people that I know and love that are hurt by things that is personal to me. It's personal to me when it happens to strangers. Okay. Like, let's be honest as a triple water sign, I am very deeply affected by the things. So, you know, I know for me that that comes out in a way that is important to me. That is part of my value system as, as a human being. So that is going to infiltrate every aspect of my life. That's why I don't separate it from my business. That's why I don't separate it from my spiritual practices. That's why it is all part of who I am and how I show up. Okay. Because none of this is in a vacuum. That's not the world we live in. That's the world. I think some people choose to live in, but it's not reality and it's not what's going to actually help humanity. And it's not, what's going to get us to like whatever collective consciousness we're all striving for. So that was a huge shift for me in how I decided to show up and how I decided to practice um, my spirituality. And so I think that is important, right? It's like knowing who you are, knowing what your value system is. Um, and then looking at your life and being like, what do I even have time for? You know, like I used to try and like pack in a lot of shit in like not enough time. And that's only doing a disservice to yourself and, you know, to everyone around you, because I look to my practices to ground me. So if I'm trying to to rush through something or like pack something in because I, it reminds me of like the Bible, you know, it's like, if you're a sinner and you're not sorry, you're going to hell. So you better be good where it's like, I'm doing this because I'm afraid to not do it because I don't want to be a bad, whatever spiritual person. Um, when in reality it's like, it should be helping uplift you and it should be helping ground you and it should be helping you feel and do better in, in your life and other aspects. Right. So when we slow down, and zoom out, and we really look at like what what can I prioritize? How much time do I have to spend on this? That really, in my opinion, is the most important thing. And then you can build on that, just like anything else. It's like when I would talk about um, mindset work. If you've been around for that long, um, it's the same thing. It's like you know you don't have to sit down and do a whole thing. You can think about your mindset, you know, your brags, your desires, um your gratitudes like while you're getting ready for the day, while you're driving to work, like um you know, on your lunch break and the 5-minute walk you take around the block to like revamp your energy. I mean, it doesn't have to look how it looks for everybody else. You can make it look and feel however works for you, right? Um so, yeah, building your own value system into your practice. Um And then, you know, along with that, right, comes nervous system regulation. And like I said, it's like we're so used to being busy and like hustling around and bustling around that like we forget that we don't have to do that, right? So um, that is a nervous system dysregulation. Like we all, I I don't, I mean, you have to really actively try to re-regulate your nervous system. I've been trying for a while. I I'm in a much better place than I was a year ago, two years ago. My God, more than that. I don't even know how, I don't know how I was surviving. I honestly don't. Um, barely by a thread. (laughs) Um, but you know, I have been, um, actively like prioritizing regulation, nervous system regulation, because, I know that it's what benefits me the most and it's what allows me to continue to do the things that I want to do. Right. Like I have a lot going on and people are always kind of like, what the fuck? Like, how do you have time for all this stuff? Like I homeschool my kid. I have this product-based business that I'm running out of my house. Um, I read all the time. I read a hundred and I don't know, 18 books last year. Um, and people really don't, don't believe me. I think they're like, do you really read all those books? And it's like, why would I lie? That's a weird flex, but, um, yeah, I do. I read them all. Um, and you know, I work at the salon. Um, I don't do readings anymore. Not like I used to, I was doing like five readings a week, which was it. I couldn't, I don't think I could do that now. So I'm trying to revisit how I want to, um, if I want to do readings or pre-recorded things, if you have any ideas, you let me know. Um, because I miss doing birth chart readings. I love it. Um, and um anyway, you know, so anyway, I have these like a handful of businesses happening and um and I still I have time to do my podcast, I have time to take my baths, I have time to read the hundred and however many books. Um, you know, I have time to cook and to do the things that I want to do. And it's taken a long time for me to get to this point. I've really had to have had to build out my life in a certain way, right? Like I don't, when I go to the salon, I go once a week typically. um, And I work at the bookstore once a week. So I'm only leaving the house and having to work outside of the home twice a week. And the rest of the days I'm here. So I can prioritize different things at different times of the day um but it took me a long time to be okay with that schedule and to build that schedule right like if you've been following me on Instagram you know I talk about like being in my sloth era and just having like a slow life and um that concept wouldn't have even appealed to me just even a couple of years ago honestly um but ever since covid i did realize without realizing it right i realize it now looking back that i that's what i wanted then that's what i got then Oh my God, like my life went from being just jam fucking packed with shit 24 seven to not at all. And every night I went to bed excited for the next day because I got to like, that's when I started my coaching business and I got to, I got to connect with people. I got to talk to people. I got to help people. It was, it was the fucking best. And so it's, it's interesting. You know, I feel like that was the first time that I really had to recognize that and then put into practice the things that I was recognizing. And it was really hard, especially once the world opened back up again. It was like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. So I guess I'll go, these people are counting on me. I I can't, I can't like not go back to the salon. You know, I did it differently and I, I did it in a way that was better suited for me. And, you know, for that, I'm happy. Good job me. But at the same time, it was like, damn, I wish I could have just, um, really listen to my body and really listen to my intuition because I really just wanted to be at home. Um, but I am doing that now. And it makes me feel good and I'm excited. And I don't go to bed every night with dread in my gut because the next day I know is going to be a shit show. Even though I was doing all the things I wanted to do, right? I was running my studio, I was doing in-person workshops. I was exercising. I was socializing. I was doing all the things that I thought made me happy. But at the end of the day, I was just so depleted, right? I didn't have enough energy for myself. I wasn't nourishing myself. And all of that is, in my opinion, part of a spiritual practice, right? Reconnecting to your own spirit, allowing that connection and relationship to grow and get stronger. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I wrote down a few notes, uh, this time because I, I, was worried. I wasn't going to get through all that, but I did. It's a little bit longer of an episode than normal, but, um, yeah, I hope it was helpful. If you, I would love, you know, send me a message on Instagram. Um, if you want to chat about anything, especially if you're wanting to kind of incorporate a spiritual practice, but you're just sort of like, "Mm, I don't know how, or like, where do I start? Um, yeah, I would love to chat with you about it. So, That's it. I think, I think that's all the things. Um, Yeah, that was a lot of things. So thanks for hanging in there. Um, If you have any recommendations or requests for topics, let me know, but I do plan on doing like a series on astrology next, like essentially how to look at your birth chart um, and what all the different signs and planets mean. So I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, uh, sweatshirts, the OG collection, which are, um, there's three different sweatshirts that are on pre-order right now. Orders will close on Thursday. So what's today's when's tomorrow. So if you want to order, um, order now because um, yeah, the link's going bye-bye and then they won't be I don't know when they're going to launch again because I'm only launching one product at a time essentially right now so that I can focus on, um, in-person stuff. So also if you're a small business, if, um, you work at a small business or no small business, um, that wants to either host a pop-up or, um, or s- offer my products, um, let me know because I'm looking for host salons and businesses for both for pop-ups and to also carry my, my products. Um, and that can be apparel or candles or bath salts, um, or something custom. Okay. All right. I love you bitches. Bye.